0: From a studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. Now, here's your host and bud thunder, Gary Johnston. And let me welcome you back to the Cannabis Podcast one more time. Perhaps this is your first visit. Well, if it is, an especially warm welcome for you. Let me remind you, this program is intended only for those 19 or older in your jurisdiction and is intended purely for entertainment and perhaps educational purposes. You should always consume your cannabis responsibly. What do we have up for you today? Ahead, 30 or 40 minutes of cannabis information. And since we are five days away from April 20th, which in the cannabis world is a big, big deal because it's 420, (laughs) we'll explain what 420 is all about. That's coming up on this episode. And thanks to my buddy, David Wiley at the OkanaganSea.com. He has prepared a list of 420 events happening across the country. We'll give you a summary of those. We talk about the BC Cannabis Summit. Speaking of 420, this is happening the day after 420, the second BC Cannabis Summit to be held in Kelowna. Looking forward to once again being on top of the Hotel El Dorado in the Smoking Lounge. We'll have a story on that, tell you what some of the events coming up for that are. We, of course, have long been talking about the fact that terpenes are contributing to the aroma and the effects from our cannabis. Well, there have been some other compounds that perhaps we haven't paid enough attention to. We're going to correct that today. We have a story that talks about what's next after terpenes. And on Cultivar Corner, it's the strain of the year from Leafly. And from our friends at Black Market, and just in case you don't know, that's B-L-K-M-K-T, jealousy, the strain of the year. And if you don't have some at the moment, you may very well be jealous after we're done with Cultivar Corner. All of that and more on episode 121 of the Cannabis Podcast. So as I've already mentioned, we're coming up on 420, a momentous day in the cannabis world, even more since it has been legalized in Canada and elsewhere. As I started to research this, there is just a plethora, and I like to use that word, as you know, (laughs) a plethora of sources out there that want to tell you the origin story of 420. How did the phrase come to be? I'm pleased to tell you that the, in essence, it all comes down to the same story. Everybody is backing everybody else up. I found a reference from Time. I found a reference from Wikipedia. There's a whole bunch of references out there that basically tell the same story. But the story I'm picking for you to read today is actually from History.com. And I think they did the best summary of all of those pieces of information to talk about the hazy history of 420. 420 doesn't begin with the police, but rather in the 1970s with a group of students in California. Many don't know the origins of the 420 reference, but have vague recollections of once-heard tales about its origins. Some believe it's the number of active chemicals in marijuana. Others, that it's based on tea time in Holland. Some reference the birthday of Adolf Hitler, April 20th, 1889. And others, Bob Dylan's legendary Everybody Must Get Stoned refrain from his hit Rainy Day Woman, number 12 and 35, 12 multiplied by 35 equals 420. (laughs) I had no idea about that one. That that one just, that's a total surprise to me. (laughs) But in reality, it can all be traced back to a group of five California teens who used to hang out by a wall outside their San Rafael school, a meeting spot that inspired their nickname, the Waldos, because they stood by a wall. In the fall of 1971, the Waldos learned of a Coast Guard member who had planted a cannabis plant and could no longer tend to the crop. Provided with a treasure map, some say by the plant's owner himself, supposedly leading to the abandoned product, the group would meet at the Louis Pasteur statue outside their high school at least once a week to conduct a search. Their meeting time? 4.20 p.m. After practice, they were all athletes. The Waldos would pile into a car, smoke some pot, and scour the nearby Point Reyes Forest for the elusive free herb. One of the original members of the Waldos, Steve Capper, said we would remind each other in the hallways we were supposed to meet up at 4.20. It originally started out 4.20 Louis, and we eventually dropped the Louis. They never did score the free bud, but perhaps they stumbled onto something more lasting. The term 4.20 was coined, allowing the high schoolers to discuss smoking pot without their parents or teachers knowing. And as a bit of an aside, I I think that's long gone. I think many... (laughs) Who are not involved in cannabis do understand the term 420 now. <laughs> but how did this ragtag team of pot plant seekers at a high school in California manage to spread their secret phrase internationally? For that, we turn to the Grateful Dead. Members of the Waldos had open access and many connections to the band. Mark Gravich's father managed the Dead's real estate. Dave Rudnick's older brother was good friends with Dead bassist Phil Lesh and managed the Dead Side Band. Capper told the Huffington Post, there was a place called Winterland. We'd always be backstage, running around, or on stage, and of course, we were using those phrases. When somebody passes a joint or something, hey, 420. So it started spreading throughout the community. The first time Steve Bloom ever heard the phrase 420 was during Christmas week at a Grateful Dead concert in Oakland, California, in 1990, while he was a reporter for High Times. Bloom was wandering through the congregation of hippies that would gather before Dead concerts, and a deadhead handed him a flyer that said, We're going to meet at 420 on 420 for 420-ing in Marin County, at the Polinas Ridge Sunset Spot on Mount Timalpe. Bloom found the old flyer and sent it to the Huffington Post. The flyer told the history of 420 referencing the Waldos of San Rafael, and once high times last onto the story, the magazine helped launch the word globally. Today, the unofficial holiday is known worldwide. Officials at the University of Colorado at Boulder and the University of California Santa Cruz, two colleges that boast having the biggest smokeouts, attempted to push back on the growing popularity of the festivities among their students in 2009. They encouraged or pleaded with their students to not participate to no avail. In 2003, when the California legislature codified the medical marijuana law the voters had passed, the bill was named SB 420. No one fessed up to being responsible for the number, but it was likely a staffer in California State Assembly member Mark Leno's office. 420 has been referenced in classic movies like Pulp Fiction, where some of the clocks are set to the time 420. And on national TV when a contestant on the price is right only bid numbers involving 420. Even the nineteen nineties Nickelodeon cartoon Rocco's Modern Life featured a clock reading four hundred twenty. While many other illicit tales of the origins of 420 have wafted into the half-baked history books, the Waldos have proof they used the word back in the 1970s. Kept safely tucked away in a vault in a San Francisco bank is their original 420 tie-dyed flag, a newspaper clipping where one of the members discusses wanting to just say 420 for his high school graduation speech, and postmarked letters between the group filled with 420 references. What's next for the Waldos? Two of the original five still prefer to remain anonymous, but have agreed to consider making a documentary or compiling a dictionary of their slang words. Or maybe they'll just continue to enjoy a more mellow blaze of glory. And as I mentioned at the start of this story, that is the essence. That is the origin story that everybody has agreed on. Those high school students in San Rafael, California, meeting by the Louis Pasteur statue at 4.20 in the afternoon to smoke some weed. And now here we are, many, many years later... (laughs) And we're going to be talking about a number of 420 events that are happening across the country. And wherever you are and whatever you are doing, I hope it involves smoking a joint at 420 on 420. From the Cannabis Infused Studio in the clouds, this is the Cannabis Podcast. And speaking of cannabis infused clouds, there may be a few of those wafting across our country. This Thursday, for 420. April 20th, it has become a very symbolic day. And here is a story from my buddy David Wiley at the theokanaganz.com. What to do for 420, a list of events across Canada, and we'll cover off a bunch of them. Sunset Beach in Vancouver, expected to be the biggest bash in BC. There will be markets, live music. In the past, massive crowds have been drawn and hundreds of vendors. It runs from noon to 10 p.m. at Sunset Beach. Thornton Park in Vancouver a rival protest and farmer's market organized by activist Neil Magnuson at Thornton Park, billed as the 29th annual official Vancouver twenty four hundred twenty Festival, and they will unveil the world's biggest joint and even have a rep from the Guinness World Records there to record that. In Kelowna, Upside Cider is hosting the first annual Kelowna Canna Music and Arts Celebration on Thursday, 3 p.m., 3.30 to 10 p.m. It's located by the Kelowna International Airport. Organized by Alice in Baseland Productions and Taser Events and Aura Laser Entertainment. Dancers, music, comedy, tickets are limited and the venue won't have alcohol. And of course, remember the El Dorado Hotel the day after 420 will be a light. (laughs) On the rooftop with more cannabis smoking as the BC Cannabis Summit kicks off on April 21st this year. Calgary, the global cinema in Calgary, is having a 20th annual Underground Film Festival happening on April 20th. Some events in Saskatchewan, the Saskatchewan Science Center. Nerds are letting their hair down for the Bud Bash on April 20th at the Saskatchewan Science Center from 7 p.m. until 10 p.m. Part of their adult science nights, there will be some cool stuff to do, including sensory toys and a chill, quiet lounge. That sounds like it would be a lot of fun to get Buzz to go do. 420 events in Manitoba. Perhaps just a happy accident, but the Wetland Discovery Center just outside Winnipeg is having an astronomy night on April 20th. A guest speaker will talk about the many different telescopes available, followed by an observation session on the rooftop. And perhaps some of that talk might not sink in if you got two stone before you went to it. 420 Events in Ontario, the Mystic Tea House in Toronto, Lit Comedy, Toronto's only indoor venue where you can legally smoke weed and watch comedy, is presenting The 420 Show. Cool. I had no idea there was such a place in our country. Fabulous. Glad to hear about it. The show features a lineup of comics, takes place at the Mystic Tea House on Dent 4th Avenue. Niagara Falls Convention Center, featuring more than 30,000 square feet of cannabis fun for the Niagara Fall 420 Expo. 100 vendors, two stages for seminars and speakers. And Six Nations is holding a two-day 420 Fest that starts April 20th on Six Nations at the Grand River, the largest reservation in Canada organized by Indigenous can of business and Level Up. The first day is highlighted by a Community Barbecue, and the second day features a charity concert for Six Nations Food Bank and Indigenous Residential School survivors, headlined by Dresus and Dakota Bear. In Quebec, Contact Theatre's production of Reefer Madness, a satirical musical based on the 1936 propaganda film of the same name, opens on April 20th with a performance through April 19th. It's described as a show within a show, Expect haze, strobe lighting effects, and black lights. And 420 events in Newfoundland. A shout-out to Ian Power, in case you happen to be listening, Ian. A little bud may help to make comedy rookies a bit funnier. The Fresh Buds 420 Comedy Show at Aaron's Pub in St. John's is for first-timers to try out their one-liners. There's a $100 prize for the winner, and I'm sure somebody will smoke a joint with the loser. So there's a sample of some events happening across the country in on 420. I'm sure there's some things happening in your world that you're going to be enjoying. Let's take the opportunity to remove some more of that stigma and show that those who enjoy cannabis can have a really good time without impacting anybody else. THC, CBD, terpene profiles, what's in me? Oh, please explain to me. Cultivar corner. Cultivar Corner, oh yeah, Cultivar Corner, please explain this stuff to me. On Cultivar Corner today, we're doing the strain of the year from 2022. (laughs) It may have taken me a while to get here, but we eventually do. This was jealousy, and the cultivar, or rather I guess the phenotype of jealousy that I'm using, is from Black Market. I believe they grow this in their facility around Vernon and amazing weed. (laughs) It was Leafly that chose Jealousy as the 2022 strain of the year. That got everybody thinking about it. And then we started looking at what Jealousy was all about. It's a pretty darn good-looking flower, if I might say so. (laughs) I think the most amazing thing about Jealousy, when you start to look at it, is how much purple notes are in this. Really, really deep purple notes when you pull out those buds and Not a surprise, almost to the level of going black. So purple, it's almost black. Lots of trichomes. Really, really frosty with the trichomes in there. Not surprised that the cure is, as we would expect, very, very well done. Not seeing any sugar leaves on this guy. That's the most, I think, striking piece of information about jealousy, is how much purple there is. Now, putting that aside, my goodness, what amazing aromas are coming out of this bud. I picked up the 14-gram pack, so a half an ounce, from Black Market. They're also taking some different approaches in how they're putting it together. This is in a really tall glass jar. Nice to have that hard glass. <laughs> and one of the most most unique pieces of glass I've seen in cannabis so far, a small batch hand-trimmed hang-dried. And this t- jealousy at 14 grams was sitting at 28.3% THC, now here's where we start to examine some of the discrepancies around the various pieces of information we have. The total terpenes 2.99% made up of nerolidol at 0.86, Limonene at 0.44% and Caryophyllene also at 0.44%. Now here's the interesting thing I find with terpenes. Other terpenes 1.25%. <laughs> so therefore the other terpenes make up a greater percentage than the three terpenes that have been identified as the top terpenes. And of course, that's all depends on how many terpenes they're going to pull back in those tests. I do have to say, as I started to work the weed and get my joint ready and get some stuff ready for the Crafty Plus, my goodness, as soon as you open the jar, mm, just such bountiful aromas. Let me give you a bit more of a pr- perspective. Let's go to Leafly and let's talk about The Strain of the Year. From the West Coast, over the Rockies through the Midwest and all the way out East, America's most ardent weed tokers have spoken. The Leafly Strain of the Year for 2022 is Jealousy. And I think we can throw in the Canadian tokers as well. Connoisseurs stuff Jealousy into joints, blunts, bubblers and bong loads. The top growers farm it, the best hash makers wash and squish it into rosin and vape carts. Jealousy's creator, industry leading breeders, seed junkie genetics, continues to feverishly remix the cultivar for even newer hits. In a little over two years, Jealousy has become a top 100 flavor on Leafly, out of 6,000 strains. From 2021 to 2022, the strain went from being in about 90 stores listed on Leafly to over 1,500 stores in growing. Jealousy Flower, pre-rolls, seeds, clones, and cartridges sell from Long Beach, California to Long Island, New York, and I would also say to British Columbia, Canada. (laughs) the rest of that information too specific about the united states so let's cover some of the other details about jealousy it looks dramatic it's dark purple on the way to black as i already identified with dapples of bright green it's big bulbous weighty and dense and dense is true i've got a big butt on here and it is sticking to my finger and i'm getting it a good 12 inches above the table very very impressive with that Electric orange hairs arc out and it's frosted over and sleeted with crystalline, alien, otherworldly levels of trichomes. Yeah, I'd kind of agree with that. The bud looks good in any light against white, black, blue, or pink. Think of the best gelato you've ever smelled, then imagine the exponents of that. Jealousy's sweet, berry, creamy, and gassy dankness breaks down into notes of plum, fruit loop, cereal, and citrus. Earthy base notes of dank pepper, pine, and diesel linger. That's the information from Leafly. Now, let's go see what the folks at Black Market are saying about jealousy. And I will point out, as I always do, (laughs) the little idiosyncrasies that we find when I go to the Black Market Jealousy page. uh, On the heading of the page, they actually forgot the J. (laughs) It is called Black Market Elousy. Maybe that's a different strain. I don't know. (laughs) Scroll down a little bit further, and they've got it right. Straight from Cali, Jealousy. This unique cross brings the gas and has a rep for hitting hard. And I have to say... As soon as I popped the jar, the gas notes just came flying out of there. Really, really heavy on the gas notes. Dark-hued buds with hints of olive green and caked sugar leaves, contrasting orange pistils, and frosted with trichomes. The flavor is distinct. Imagine a sweet apple pie with subtle hints of mint and pie. And I think that's about enough detail. Let's find out what jealousy is going to do for me and whether or not you'll be jealous afterwards. Before we actually light the joints, let's give a last little bit from Leafly's description. The effects take seconds. Workday stress and tension release. Jaws unclench, and you yawn, stretch, smile, giggle, and space out. Jealousy can test as high as 30% THC and slows time. It's easy to forget to finish the bowl or joint. Euphoria comes on, that profound feeling of well-being. On Leafly, jealousy averages 4.7 out of 5 stars with 48 reviews and 1,692 likes. And here's the details again on the jealousy that I'm about to fire up. My THC is sitting at 28.3% and my total Terps, 2.99%. Get the Crafty Plus warming up and let's fire up the joints. The Leafly Strain of the Year for 2022 from Black Market. This is Jealousy. Oh, lots of those gassy taste notes. Mm. And smooth. Oh, my, 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 very smooth. Oh, I can't wait until the crafty fires up to see what the rest of this tastes like. Oh, oh, there you go. (laughs) Ask and he shall receive. So there's the first couple of hints off the joint. No, it couldn't be coming on that fast, could it? (laughs) <laughs> he says to himself, okay, the Crafty Plus is ready. Let's see what Jealousy tastes like. Oh, my, 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 what a bountiful fruit full of flavor. Let's go back to their description. So, Jealousy's sweet, berry, creamy, and gassy dankness breaks down into notes of plum, fruit loop cereal, and citrus. I'm definitely getting some gassy notes. Not sure about the Fruit Loop cereal, although it's been years since I tried that. <laughs> some citrus notes and a hint of plum on the exhale. Earthy base notes of dank, pepper, pine, and diesel linger. Definitely getting some of that diesel. There's definitely some gassy notes on this and some dankness. And again, I have to say, I'm really impressed with how dank this bud is. <laughs> I've got another bud down on my table and... I managed to pick that up on my finger and I get it two feet above the table before she falls off. (laughs) That's some pretty sticky weed. And now, is it still effective weed? Now, everything that I've asked about has told me that most people are finding that jealousy is kind of a smack dab in the middle in terms of whether it's an indica or sativa-leaning. Um, perhaps leaning a little bit more to a sativa and (laughs) in advance of doing Cultivar Corner I did a a test sample uh, and unfortunately I did those test samples late at night and I have to say it definitely was leaning towards a sativa for me on that night because I had a heck of a time falling asleep (laughs) so I won't be doing that again, this is daytime we're giving jealousy a taste and oh yeah there they are (sighs) mmm Oh, I'm feeling those happy eyes. It really is a pretty looking flower. really love how it looks. Well crafted, well grown, uh, hand picked, hand dried. They're doing lots of nice work with jealousy. You may be jealous that you're not smoking some. A nice mix between what the Crafty Plus has given me, all of those flavor notes, so that berry the creamy the gassiness really flying out of there and then we go back to the joint and it kind of settles down a little bit but a very smooth smoke no harshness on that at all the joint is burning nice and clean nice white ash on the end it falls off as an appropriate time and here it comes <laughs> Here it comes, where we're just going to get blasted on this. From Studio high to the clouds, the of the valley, this is the cannabis And <laughs> now, see, there's an example of um, I might be too stoned because I had that little piece of music already played up, and it was a few minutes into the program, and you actually shouldn't have even heard that. <laughs> That's a pretty good example. Mmm. So like what the folks at Black Market are doing, they are definitely a premier cannabis grower in this country, producing some mighty fine weed, really dank weed, really love the looks of it, really love the smell of it, the feel of it, the effects. <sighs> okay, I'm a fan. I am a big fan of Jealousy by Black Market. 28.3% THC, 2.9%, 2.99% total Terps, and 100% satisfying, <laughs> you need a little jealousy in your life. Now, I have to chuckle when in their description, they say, it's easy to forget to finish the bowl or the joint. <laughs> and if you have been a listener of the Cannabis Podcast, you know that very rarely happens that I forget to finish the joint. In fact, I usually light it up and, <laughs> and keep going with it. So as of this stage, I am about halfway through that joint, I have finished the first bowl of the Crafty Plus. Oh, and I am just buzzing. Mm -mm -mm. (laughs) My jaw has unclenched. (laughs) My tension is releasing. All that stress from my work week is gone. (sighs) Maybe it's time for a little bit of giggling. (laughs) Now, I don't want to space out because that would be pretty boring to listen to. It would just be empty sound. Okay, that's as much as I'm going to space out, (laughs) but but I did generate some of those giggles for you. (laughs) I am impressed. This is a really pleasant high, really loving the, the glow of it. The euphoria is absolutely fantastic right now. Not feeling any stress, just feeling like I'm going to have a fantastic day. And guess what? This is podcast creation day. And that, of course, means that I'm looking for some creativity, some energy, some focus to get the podcast recorded, edited, and all put together for you. And that means that if you're listening to episode 121, which is the episode this Cultivar Corner is actually going to appear in, and it sounds especially good, it could have been because Gary was high on jealousy. (laughs) I truly mean it. You need a little jealousy in your life. Sharing stories about good weed while trying good weed. This is the Cannabis Podcast. And as I've already mentioned, the day after 420 on April 21st this year, that's when the second BC Cannabis Summit begins at the Hotel El Dorado. This, of course, put on by the BC Craft Farmers Co-op and the Retail Cannabis Council of British Columbia. And a couple of the key sponsors, All Nations and Weed Pool Cannabis Cooperative going to be a fabulous event once more. Let me give you a couple of the highlights that are happening. Obviously, there's a bunch of events over those three days. But of particular note, the fact that on the Saturday, the keynote speaker after lunch is going to be the Honorable Mike Farnworth. Deputy Premier of British Columbia and the BC Minister of Public Safety, the Solicitor General, and the MLA for Port Coquitlam as well, followed by a question and answer with BC's Deputy Premier, hosted by Michelle Mungal, former BC Minister of Jobs, Economic Development, and Petroleum Resources. That should be really interesting. A whole bunch of different events. If you haven't got your ticket, I think there's still a couple available you might be able to squeeze in. It's kicking off on Friday afternoon. And then, of course, Friday afternoon at 4.20, perfect time to begin the welcome reception and the El Dorado rooftop lounge. I'm so looking forward to it. We'll do a report, obviously, after the summit, give you an idea of some of the things that have happened. Hopefully, I'll make some connections and have some interviews sent up with people that we can talk to about things that were talked about and where we think this industry is going to be going. The BC Cannabis Summit, starting April 21st, runs the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd at the Hotel El Dorado in Kelowna, it's going to be a blast. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. This is the Cannabis Podcast. Now, after hearing this story, your cannabis consumption may move to a whole different level. I mean, I've known that terpenes were not the only thing responsible for the aromas in cannabis. And I'd heard some discussion about esters, kind of in passing. But as I'm realizing now after reading this article myself, there is a lot more about the aromas in cannabis we have not yet discovered and haven't put on our labels. (laughs) This is Flavors and Aromas in Cannabis. What's after terpenes? And this is from trueterpenes.com. Consumers are increasingly catching on to the role of terpenes in determining the various flavors, aromas, and effects of cannabis. While emphasis was once placed on cannabinoids and who could breed the highest tetrahydrocannabinol, THC, cultivars, terpenes have taken center stage as the compounds in cannabis that make various cultivars unique, allowing the consumer to better target their desired cannabis experience. What comes after terpenes when distinguishing the flavor, aroma, and effects of cannabis? What are the functions of the other compounds within cannabis, and how can they affect the cannabis experience? We're going to do a deep dive to examine what's after terpenes to break down other plant components, including esters, thiols, aldehydes, and flavonoids. We'll also touch on efforts that use these various components to create new classifications for cannabis beyond the indica and sativa binary. While terpenes are essential to the flavor and aroma expression of a cannabis cultivar, they don't get all the glory. Esters are also becoming increasingly important for cannabis geneticists trying to nail down flavor and aroma. Some of the most popular commercial cannabis cultivars boast flavors of banana, strawberry, or pineapple. The similarities in aroma between the fruits and cannabis can be uncanny at times. However, this isn't due to terpenes, but rather esters. Esters are volatile compounds, compounds that can easily vaporize, that can add to or change the flavor and aroma profile of terpenes. When scent compounds enter our nose, They bind to our olfactory receptors in different concentrations and combinations, engaging the brain in scent identification. To use an example, the cultivar strawberry banana will smell like these fruits due to their esters, not because the same terpenes in strawberries and bananas are in the cannabis cultivar. It's important to note that esters, unlike some terpenes like beta-caryophyllene, do not act on the endocannabinoid receptors. However, they are believed to modulate and mitigate terpene effects. Many people would classify the smell of cannabis as akin to that of a skunk spray. In 2021, scientists at Bayer Scientific revealed that the skunky smell of cannabis was due to the compound 3-methyl-2-butene-1-thiol, also known as 3-2-1 mbt Previous to this, it was believed that the skunkiness had to do with terpenes. 321-MBT is a sulfur-containing thiol and is also one of seven thiols found within a skunk spray, which directly explains the scent association. It's believed that the human olfactory system has evolved to detect sulfur-containing thiols even when they don't exist in high concentrations. 321-MBT is also believed to be in some beers that elicit a skunkier experience on the palate. Aldehydes While more research is yet to be uncovered about the exact role of aldehydes in the cannabis plant, these aromatic compounds are created through the dehydration of alcohol. Examples of aldehydes include the vanilla scent from the molecule vanillin, or the scent of almonds from benzaldehyde. It is believed that aldehydes may influence terpenes by chemically changing their makeup. It should be noted that not all aldehydes smell pleasant like vanilla or almonds. Aldehydes are also created when a perishable product becomes rancid, which is why aldehydes need to be balanced to maintain a pleasant scent. It's usually recommended that products like cannabis oils are kept cold or at room temperature to avoid degradation and the creation of more aldehydes. Flavonoids make up anywhere from 2 to 10% of the chemical composition of cannabis, but there is still so much about them yet to be discovered. Flavonoids dictate the color of plants, like flowers, fruits, and the different colors of cannabis buds. Flavonoids are also said to influence the aroma and flavor of plants, but more research needs to be done on exactly how this occurs. The research that exists reveals the therapeutic benefits of flavonoids, with some being investigated for their anti-cancer, anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, and neuroprotectant properties, to name a few. Because of their similarities in medicinal properties, flavonoids and terpenes work together as a part of the magic of the entourage effect in their synergistic relationship with cannabinoids and other components of the plant. There's been a significant surge in the understanding of these other components of cannabis as the cannabis industry becomes more sophisticated and realizes that there is a lot more to the plant than THC. Increasingly, cannabis producers are labeling their products by dominant terpenes, And cannabis researchers are looking for ways to use the non-cannabinoid compounds in cannabis to work towards a new classification system for cultivars. Dr. Ethan Russo and Mark Lewis, PhD, have proposed terpene superclasses as a way to group terpenes into families by their effects. Russo and Lewis proposed their classification system begins with using limonene, alpha-pinene, and beta-caryophyllene. Philippe Henry of VSSL Enterprises and the Flower Corporation has proposed a new classification system that hinges on the terpenes myrcene, limonene, beta-caryophyllene and terpinoline as the terpene superclasses. Henry was able to narrow down 18 SNPs or single nucleotide polymorphisms, genetic variations, from 1400 that could help classify cultivars into a terpene family. In the quest for a better classification system for cannabis, connoisseurs are looking beyond terpenes and continuing to dig deeper, to see what other compounds dictate effects as well as aroma and flavor. With more being uncovered about the different components of cannabis, it becomes increasingly evident that it's more than just cannabinoids and terpenes that influence the cannabis experience. The good news is that the cannabis industry is embracing terpenes as an indicator of effect, with a noted uptake in consumer interest. As we dive deeper into understanding the compounds of cannabis beyond cannabinoids and terpenes, we can work towards a unified classification system for cannabis that will help consumers with their product choices. For now, there's still so much we don't know, but are beginning to unveil one cannabinoid, terpene, ester, thiol, aldehyde, and flavonoid at a time. That was a great article from trueterpenes.com and really opens up your mind to there's so much more to cannabis that we have still yet to truly understand. So, as we started this podcast four and a half years ago, there was no terpene information on any labels. Now, of course, there's a lot of terpene information on the labels. Predictions? Predictions on when we might start to see esters, flavonoids, and thiols listed as components of cannabis that may affect our aroma and flavor experience? Wow. It really is a remarkable plant. Let me thank you once again for being a listener of the Cannabis Podcast. I truly appreciate that you are here. Let me give a few shout-outs. Of course, to Tony and Rob for being patrons at Patreon, to Kevin and Jordana for help at buymeacoffee.com slash and to Rebecca, David, and Noah, some connections made through LinkedIn. Thanks for being along for the ride. I'm glad that you're here as well. Remember, if you hear anything on the Cannabis Podcast that you would like to comment on, please send a note to info at cannabispodcast.com, if you would like to support the podcast, there's a couple of ways you can do so. Buymeacoffee.com slash Cannabis Podcast, where if you feel so inclined, you can buy me a doobie. Or if you want to become a patron, you can join up at Patreon on the Cannabis Podcast page, like Tony and Rob have, and you'll find the links to all of those in the top right when you're sitting on the show page. Thanks for being here. That's it for episode 121 of the Cannabis Podcast. From the Cannabis Infused Studio, high above the Okanagan Valley... This was the Cannabis Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Are you looking for the next great cannabis business to invest in? Then you need to check out the MJ Bulls Podcast. Hi, I'm Dan Humberton.